your hosts, Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. Let's go! Episode 4 of 5 of AON FR. AON FR. T2ILBRB. Terrible. All or nothing fan reaction. And we're the fans. Four. So are you. And this is the episode four. We've got one more episode coming out tomorrow. Obviously, you probably will have wanted to watch episode four of All or Nothing if, before you see this. But hey, you might want to listen to us first. Maybe. Listen, if you want us to ruin it and then you consume it, do it. Do it. I say do it. Now, when I went into this episode, the thing I was thinking was, okay, this is the episode before it gets painful. <laughs> wow. I was like, I'm like, this is the episode... This, this is probably the last episode where I'm going to watch and not wince at the whole thing and not gnash my teeth. And, you know, when I sometimes when I get really frustrated, I'll grab my I'll grab my thumbs and I tuck them under my fingers and just mm. this is my this is my like the last hurrah, exciting. How great was this season episode? Because it really was a great season. It was. But to me, uh I knew I knew the final two episodes it was going to be a two-parter disaster. I I didn't think this was before the pain. I'm like, nope, this is the beginning of the pain. Wow. This is where it starts. Everything post deadline, you're just setting up the disaster movie, right? And what I was very curious about um because you'll remember we talked about this when we found out this documentary was happening or well we we've known for a while, but when we found out how the season ended, I said I would dedicate. I think what I said was I would dedicate the entire last episode to just the playoffs, mm-hmm. which they haven't touched the playoffs yet mm-hmm. by the end of this episode. Mm-hmm. So let's talk they about to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but it, they're setting it all up. Right. right, right, right. And I'm genuinely angry with the people who made this for how much they made me like Nick Felino. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Oh. Isn't he great? The yeah. leaf that wasn't. Oh, the greatest leaf that him. wasn't. Yeah, yeah and, and it, really it all starts off great. He, he, he shows up at, and they, they talk about his, his dad and they show the highlights of his dad scoring and jumping because he was jumping like Felino. That was his nickname. Chirping the suit when the second Dubas walks in the yeah, room. He's like, yeah, when he's FaceTiming his dad and his dad's like, Wendell texted me today. So it's, yes. it's good to see your, the, the 71 back. And I was like, oh, he's, he's like gets as excited as Wendell texting him as like we would, you and know? They, and they talk about it's the so hat, genuine. which we loved. He's like, he's yeah. got, you got a Leafs hat hanging around the house somewhere. Oh. And, they, and he does. He's like, I know where it is. Oh. And, 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 you know, you get... You understand why a guy like Felino, uh, uh, Nick Felino, was a captain. Yep, hundred percent. Yep, like you captain see it. written all over his forehead. That is a captain. That is a leader, and he's great. He just seems like a great guy. And exactly, exactly what the team needed. Like Dubas is forever going to take crap for that trade. The, ta- the not getting Taylor Hall, I think. Right? The yeah, Nick Felino might as well be called not Taylor Hall. Yeah, right? yeah, like for yeah. all eternity in this fan base, right? Yep. And now they're teammates. <laughs> I forgot about that. So they're unfair. teammates. Boston is so unfair. Ah! There, it's oh, it's just nauseating. Um, but when Felino walks in the room, mm-hmm. when he makes his introduction, when he's letting all his teammates get to know him as a person, 
He's going around the room so confidently. He exudes leadership, like he said. Mm-hmm. I think he had four points in his first three games, something like that, with the Leafs. Yeah, we forget that he was he was he good. Start, yeah. Yeah. And and the hard no style that he played that we didn't even really get to see because there just wasn't time. Everything about that trade that will forever go down in infamy, but everything about that trade when it was made, when they acquired this player who they assumed was healthy, and I guess we should ha- we should assume he was and got hurt. Mm-hmm. It was the right move to get him. It was the right move to get him. Now, should they have spent that on Taylor Hall instead? Well, price point might have been wrong, but the player was right. He was what the team needed. And the right mix, too. Right? Yeah. A little bit the of confidence, right, a little bit of experience. Right mix yeah. of guys, right style of play. He knocked off this team the year before. Yes. Mm-hmm. Who knows what the Leafs lack more than the guy who beat them? Steve, <laughs> I wrote down... Genuinely. Yeah, like, I wrote down a specific question for you. Okay. Watching this episode. Okay. I'm gonna. I'm just going to look at my notes and, and, and read it right to you. Luckily, I can't read it. <laughs> How many times have you done nothing and injured your back like Felino? Oh, what I wrote down. <laughs> that's the I've never actually been doing anything and heard it because he was just kind of skating. I heard it playing li- literally. I'm not making this up. I threw my back out once, or whatever you call it, had a had like a an a, an attack in one of my discs. Once, while I was in high school, I was a teenager when this happened, while I was playing StarCraft. Like sitting down on the I was couch? sitting in my chair and my back just went, get on the floor! And I went, holy shit, okay! And it's, but it's everything that happened leading up to that. So being an NHL player made Nick Foligno hurt his back. It was, you know, it's a lot of, when you think about it, it's a horrible sport for your back. It's a crazy amount of movement. Um, and then sitting crazy amount of movement, sitting crazy amount of movement, sitting and your legs are tight and all the time. And let's not forget if a, a guy with who plays Felino style is taking cross checks to the back, yep. cross checks to the back and you're slunt, you're slouched over the whole time. There's no scenario really for your, uh, hip flexors to actually extend right fully stretch and, and your back freaks out in those situations and that's just muscular like when, who god knows what's happening to his discs when your back's out yeah what can you do shit nothing <laughs> <laughs> can you pick up your son no and he's 25 pounds maybe yeah Max? D- w- when we we talked uh i don't remember which episode we talked about um how oh it was a few podcasts ago when we were talking about jonathan drouin and his insomnia and lack of sleep and we were talking about um, how impossible it is to recover when you're not sleeping. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like changing Leo and feeding him when he was a like a still an infant from my knees for like a month. It's you can't do anything with with a bad back. And this guy came back. He hurt himself and then came back and played in the playoffs and fought Corey Perry. And none of which we've seen, by the way, but. When he was helped off the ice oh. and you s- just see him not being able to put any, remember we're at the Lindros tournament and someone on our team hurt their back Yeah, and and how we, your, your legs stop working because the thing that connects the legs to the rest of your body is hurt. Yeah. 
It's, it's, I don't know how guys return from back injuries. When I was all for re-signing Jake Gardner, and then I, we learn, oh, it's his back. I went, no, no we're, done. Over. we're done there. And I, st- I wanted Felino back for emotional reasons. Yeah, because but, you would want him to take a sec- second stab at this, right? It feels yeah. like he got robbed. But it, it does feel like he got robbed. But, oh, boy, I'm fascinated to see how he does as a Bruin. Oh, I bet he I'm, does. I'm sure. I'm sure he'll throw out his back hoisting the cup. No, yeah, exactly. His, his family, you know? though, he, like his mom and dad, they really, it seemed, cherished oh. the the what? And they the had 15 games he got as a leave. They had yeah. Wendell over to watch yeah. the game. <laughs> you have Wendell there? <laughs> and then he's like, drive safe, Wendell. And when he's, uh, uh, oh. and, and so here's the other thing. Um, so you see that injury. Then at the beginning, and we've skipped over something really important, guys. We skipped over Zach Bogosian. Yeah. Zach Bogosian, whose family's in Florida, and he hasn't seen them for months. And they're like, are you coming home soon? And he's like, not really. Like, imagine telling your six-year-old that. And and then you go into the injury. So I guess we'll talk about the separation from the family first. Yeah. Well, so the way he left town, the way we talked about it as a fan base was wrong. It was wrong. Um, and I feel like I, I remember I took some grief online for, I can't remember what reason we were talking about Bogosian leaving and the Leafs weren't able to keep him. Uh, COVID protocols was the Twitter rumor. COVID and that was, protocols. And it made him seem uh, like a... It almost made him seem like a conspiracy theorist. It was the yeah. it was the wrong narrative. Yeah, I don't know that. what he does or doesn't believe in that regard. I don't. I have no idea. But it's not protocols. It's getting his family across the border. COVID protocols also includes, hey, I can't go to my daughter's birthday party. Yes. And that's so hard. And, yes. I, and I think back to all the examples that we've seen. Um, uh, Mike McKenna, the goalie who was claimed off waivers like by four different teams or something. And like at some point he just tapped out. He's like, I can't, I can't keep uh-huh. doing this to my daughter. Right? Well, like, I, I can't keep doing this to my family. And when Bogosian signed with the Leafs, tr- truly, he probably didn't think that we'd be in a lockdown. Exactly. Or in a lockdown that long. Like, and that people couldn't fall. travel and all that. Yeah. Like we, we would have thought, okay, it's, it's bad and it's coming back. But I don't think anybody, especially in this part of the world, again, you know, us being local Torontonians, we were locked down forever. It was a long, long, long slog. And, and, and you saw Robin Leonard complaining about it. And like, and he's in Vegas. Yeah. Where they could do stuff. So like, can you imagine? Yeah. Right. And, and he literally, Zach Bogosian, cannot cross the border to see physically see his family for months and months and months. Yeah, I get it. I feel bad for all the guys who got to be Leafs and never got to enjoy the fruits of it. Yep. Well, like Joe Thornton never got to play in front of a full arena as a Leaf. It's, it's oh. a travesty. Yeah. Travesty. Yep. And and Zach Bogosian as well, who wanted to be here the season before. And so then and then they show him taking a just an odd skate sometimes, take an odd edge, and he goes face first into the boards. What an animal he is though. That, just, that's the one where he got back up, right? Yeah. He just kept going. That was the one where we <laughs> all thought, oh, snapped ankle, he's yeah. done. And then he gets up. We're like, what the f- what? All right. And he we knew about the shoulder. Yeah, we did know about the shoulder. I remember it being a surprise in the moment, but we did know about the shoulder. I didn't know about the laceration in his face. All these hockey players, man. Yeah. There's no no hockey player um, retires with a perfect face. You go home to your partner and you and they go, "Where did you get that?" Like, what? What? Yeah. And they probably don't even remember. It's don't like, even know. Right. No idea. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. 
Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Speaking of partner and Bogosian, there this was the only moment I could get my girlfriend to watch uh, this doc because she doesn't care about hockey at all. Uh, <laughs> she's Armenian, and in the in the doc they have a little thing about Zach Bogosian being Armenian, and I had no idea. I didn't because, know either. Yeah, because usually uh, names that end in I A N, they're, they're Armenian descent, but you'd say uh, Zach Bogosian. You'd say it differently, but it's Zach Bogosian is how everybody says it. So it never clued in. And she said she had, she had looked at his name. She's like, oh, it's, it kind of sounds Armenian, but it never said anything. And I was like, look, look, he's Armenian. So that was a fun moment. Look. <laughs> Did you have to pause it? Hi. It, it, literally, Hi. I paused it. I was like, come here. <laughs> look. Ah. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's the thing. <laughs> and boy, when he's got a, I, I hate to make it about this, when he's got a shirt off, I was like, man, if that guy, if, if we're on a on an ancient battlefield and that guy's running towards me, I'm running the other direction. He's oh, got yeah. Jason Momoa energy. Just yes, yeah, yeah just a beast. <laughs> and you realize, you know, he's got eats human flesh energy. Yeah, oh, yes, <laughs> yes, what? and a look too. And 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 you know, you realize like, what's Mitch Martyr? Five ten? Uh, no, Mitch Martyr's six feet tall. He's six, okay. Mm-hmm. So Mitch Martyr looks small. And like, you, you compare a, a, a Zach Bogosian and the meat that he has on his body. Versus Mitch Marner, who's probably not that much shorter, but just thin. Yeah. Right? Just a thinner guy. Just naturally. I always defend I mean, this. I've stood next to Mitch Marner. People think he's short. He's six no, feet tall. That's a big dude. Yeah. He is yeah. he's he's very slender. That's a, he's yeah. six feet tall. Well, I gotta tell you, um, He's I, not as thick as Bogosian, though. <laughs> <laughs> Bogosian. Are, are we gonna get to uh, Thornton versus Ehlers? Well, yeah. Oh. So glad. <laughs> I'm so glad because of all the, I don't know if we brought it up when we were talking about what I hope is in the documentary, mm-hmm. but I remember in the moment being like, why is Joe Thornton so upset with Ehlers? And they got the whole thing. Yes. I like, was so happy. The amount he's chirping. Constant. He's so you upset. diver. You diver. I don't dive. And I don't know if you if it was Ehlers or one of his teammates. I think it was one of his teammates. You're dead too, you fucker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and the ref. That's a all, credit, all credit to the referee. He did the right thing. Like the the ref played the moment perfectly. Yeah. How first of all, how are you supposed to calm down this 41-year-old man who's throwing a hit? Six pit? foot a million. <laughs> right. The ref, so tall. Remember we talked about calling the rule book? The, this ref fully acknowledged, I gave you the first one. Yeah. Because he cross-checked him and broke his stick, went back to the bench to get a new one and cross-checked Just him Just to cross-check a guy. <laughs> he got a hockey stick. 
What that a moment! Fired up. What a, that was one of my top three moments of the whole I series. Wonder, and he kept going at him. I always, oh, yeah. when I watched that actual game, I first off we were wondering what the heck went wrong. Like nobody mm-hmm. could figure out what it was. Now that we know, I, I watched that thinking, does he think? Because the Jets had a good season, sneaky good. Does he think that they're going to play in the second round? Mm. I think it was a combination of that and the Jimmy VC storyline coming back, um, because. VC was given an opportunity mm-hmm. with Tavares and Nylander. Thornton, the, the Leafs' top two left wingers to start last season. We think the Leafs have a hole in the wing now. The Leafs' top two centers to start last season were Thornton, number one, VC, number two. Right. That's how it started. Right. And VC eventually moved down the lineup and he never found his thing. And I remember seeing that and being like, all right, I don't know why you picked Ehlers, but Thornton is playing like a fourth liner. He's playing like a grunt. He's doing the annoying work, the abuse, the the stuff that Matthews and Marner can't be wasting their time with. Mm-hmm. There's a right? guy who's been in the NHL for 20 years and gets it. Yeah. I, I mean, sorry, star players should be able to stick up for themselves, but that's, that's a 41-year-old who probably knew from the get-go, all right, you're going to – you'll get your cookies – at the beginning of the season, when the games aren't all that important, you'll get to play your month or two with Marner and Matthews. But it'll be fun. We'll use you sparingly. We'll probably do it on the power play when you don't really have to skate anywhere. But <laughs> when push comes to shove, and you know we just got Nick Felino, you're going to get shoved down the lineup, and you're going to have to be this six foot four, two hundred and thirty pound man that you forget Joe Thornton is sometimes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. And be physically imposing and kind of scary. And he was. Oh, yeah. He was. That beard and, and that, like, he's such a, a chill guy. And he's, like, listening to his own clip at the beginning. And he doesn't get mad at Burke, right? We talked about right. that. He's, he's got six chickens on his farm in St. Thomas. Yes. Is what he oh, says. Yeah. That's the quote. <laughs> and then and then just just angry Joe Thornton is pretty scary. Oh. And I know Ehlers is a good skater. And I know that he's a good player. And I would love to have him on the Leafs. Get it. Mm-hmm. But I don't think if I'm Nick Ehlers, I'm not slightly a little bit intimidated, right? Oh, 100%. What, what, what struck me about that, and God, I just – I'll stand by this. The Leafs get through the second round. They, they, they murdered the Jets. They just – they murdered them. I, re- I remember uh, just ticking that uh, game in my memory and going, no one stood up for Ehlers. That's true. They pushed and shoved yes. a few times. Yeah. Why didn't someone confetti gloves and maul Thornton? Well, who wants to do that? Who's on the team that's going to do that? Someone. Yeah. Someone do it. Do it and get your ass kicked. This is the National Hockey League. Do it and get your ass kicked. That's Nikolai Ehlers. Anyone on the Jets roster, are you less important than Nikolai Ehlers? Okay, identify yourself as that and then do something. Because one of the most important players in your team... Is getting bullied. Is getting bullied by, by a 41-year-old in the fourth line of a team we're probably going to play in the second round. So you're talking about Thornton going at a guy because, oh, we might have to play these guys at some point in the playoffs. Where the hell were the Jets? That's a good point. Where yeah. were they? Wow. No wonder Montreal toyed with them. <laughs> what does it say about Edmonton? But, yeah. like, no wonder Montreal, who was a take-no-prisoners team, dealt with them like they were nothing. Brushed them off. Mm-hmm. Brushed them off. Yeah. That Interesting. losing Shifley in the um, first game. So there was that. Uh, and then, yeah, that. <laughs> oh, that small point. That <laughs> doesn't help. <laughs> yeah, listen. Kind we, of lost our, we lost our best player. Soon to find out. Um, 
there's a couple of things here, and this is again where uh, I thought this episode was. It was like the last. Oh my god, I can watch without without wanting to physically be like you know tense, right? Yeah. yeah. And the the next thing I loved was the ridiculousness of the coffee crew. And Cafe Med Three. Cafe Med Three, which again, and I think Morgan Riley says it perfectly. He's like, we literally bring a whole thing on the on the plane wherever we go. An extra medical trunk. Yeah. Yeah. For for coffee. Yeah. I I would watch a an Amazon Prime Morgan Riley reality show. I love him. He oh yeah. I love him so much. <laughs> good dude. He's so good. I would. It's like an idiot abroad, ex- except he's not an idiot. He just doesn't have time for anyone. He's just bullshit. surrounded by them. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, because here's the thing. It's literally he speaks the most truth. Yeah. In the entire episode, when he's like, he's like, yeah. It wouldn't be an idiot abroad. It'd be these idiots here. Yeah. All right. He these seems idiots the most around me. Composed, the most confident, yes. most stable. Like I could see why Morgan Riley was second to be captain Mor- after yeah. Morgan Riley has been 47 years old for t- at least 20. Years. And we forget he's 26. <laughs> yeah. Right, oh, yeah. crazy, yeah. and and so so you know, it, and I get it too because from the from the other guy's perspective, it's like you got to find ways to to if the t- pandemic taught us anything, you got to find ways to find joy in the little things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you're gonna be like they, they're they're hockey players, they can't like party too much. There's nowhere to party anyway, and and you you can only play video games for so long. Something's got to be like what is a part of your everyday that you can be obsessed about because. These guys are already obsessive people. They're hockey players. They're obsessed with hockey. You got to take your mind off something and put it onto something else. And I think that's what the coffee thing. It's an outlet. It's a yeah. thing we can talk about and bond over something that isn't hockey for 10 minutes a day. I like and that, that is a, a great psychological thing for us. Who is it? Hyman? Who is like, well, I don't even like that you know about that. It's like, yeah, the when, the when they're, uh, they're on the walk Yeah, told you about the coffee club. It's, uh, it's literally the finer things club from the office. Yeah. It's, yes! So, so lunchroom. Bogosian yes! is Andy. Who's trying to get into the finer things club. And then Jim and uh, Nick Felino is Jim who gets in and skirts the line ahead of them. Yes. It's literally the same thing. It's, the, it's amazing. The finer things club. I forgot. <laughs> That's so good. And you know, and, and like you see them, like you see Zach Hyman in the background. Pouring the water yeah. in a circular motion. Oh, like, yeah. They went deep on this. I kind of love that. And I'm surprised. Was that ever reported? I've no. never heard of it. Never once no. have I heard about that. I've never there's heard There's nobody of it. in the locker rooms. Like, there's yeah. no reporting from inside the uh, the arena. So, I don't know how you would know. We need Connor Carrick, if you're watching or listening, we need an emergency podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we, we need to know your thoughts on the Leafs Coffee Club. I want to know, did he... Was he part of it at uh, one point? And then later in the episode, you see William Nylander and the boys out driving their Porsches oh my uh, God. at the racetrack, which I think is, you know, it was nice. What I noticed about that was it was, you could tell some of the restrictions had loosened. Well, obviously they yeah. weren't able to do that. They wouldn't have been able to do that in any of the previous episodes. Right. So um, that one was like, oh, well, like at least there was some hope in the air, right? Right before the playoffs. Yes. But you know me, mother hen. So, okay. So you, you were watching that and going and saying what? When, when they oh, arrived at them. the track. Oh, that'll be fun. Oh, good for them. What, what did you think? I, I was thinking, oh, I want to do that. Yeah. I want to go race, we go race cars on a track. Yeah. Okay. Let's you, do it. You want to know my first thought? Don't get injured. Whose dog is that? There was a dog. 
on what? the track? Right next to the track. I'm like, whose dog is that? Like, they weren't on a leash or anything. I'm like, get that dog. Oh, yeah. And, and like, I'm sure they took all the precautions. <laughs> but immediately, my first thought was, dog! <laughs> ah! I thought your first thought would be, because you, uh, sometimes you, my friend, you are worst case scenario, Steve. Yeah. Uh, and what and, if they crash? You, what if they crash? <laughs> can you blame me? No, I was, I, part of me was like, how is this allowed? Like surely you somewhere in their contract, live. I agree, but surely somewhere in their contract, they're like, don't drive dangerously or something like that. Yeah. I'm sure they went slow. Well, I was finally, it didn't look like they were going that fast. No, no, no. I was glad. I, yeah. I think some of the car sounds were maybe edited in. Maybe. Burr, burr, <laughs> like, and they're doing like 60 kilometers an hour. All the Americans are like, that's actually kind of fast. <laughs> um, I, I was so glad to finally get a payoff for, uh, remember we talked about episode one and in the first two minutes they used to show little teasy clips yep. from all throughout the season. And I'm like, when do they drive the race cars? <laughs> and they arrive at the track. I'm like, yes, finally, finally we get to see it. And we, Rasmus Sandin exists. I forgot how tough of a season he had. He did. And still ended up playing like power play one minutes in the playoffs. He did. And scoring a very important goal. Yeah. Um, but I suppose we'll get there. Do you remember the guys who were at the racetrack? Because it, it was organized by Willie. Willie Rasmus, for sure. And Rasmus. I, I Matthews get... was there. Yeah. 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 I was just, I was just, I was they thinking about really, they... the crew because it was only like a handful of them, right? Yeah. Well, there were probably only X amount of cars. Hey, do you guys have uh, 25 race cars? <laughs> right. <laughs> but a track that can I, fit all of us? <laughs> yeah. I just thought about like the guys, like Tavares is probably not going because he's got a kid. You know, yeah. like stuff like that. Well, okay. like, sorry, honey, I'm going to go drive race cars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and less than a one-year-old at home. Like, yeah. right, you know, right. I, I think, uh, I cool. think that's part of it too. Like, you know, some of the guys sticking around playing uh, that baseball game on switch, right. You know, and I think, uh, I think, you know, the young guys can do that. Cause like, what am I going home to? Right. But the older guys are like, I got a family, got to go home. Yep. Right. That's, that's the way it goes. Um, the other thing, and I loved this sort of at the end and it's, it's, you know that du Dubas is a student of sport, mm -hmm. right? There's, I've read several of the books that he has talked about reading. And uh, I, I, hadn't, I didn't know about this one. I hadn't read this one. But he, when he recants the Bill Belichick, Tom Brady story, where Tom Brady is a three-time Super Bowl champion at this point, And I guess the game's not going their way the next season. And Bill Belichick goes over to him and says, do your job right for <laughs> once. <laughs> The man's he's already Tom won, Brady. He's Tom Brady's yeah. won three Super Bowls already, already among one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Do your job right for once. Yeah, three Super Bowls, or as Tom Brady would refer to someone who has three Super Bowls as today, a bum. Yeah. Yeah. How many does he have now? Seven. Six. Seven? I believe. It's seven. Seven, six? Do I have it wrong? Ridiculous. I think it might be six with the Patriots. And then seven, he won with the Bucks last year. God, that's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> again this year. I don't know. That's a good team. Looks likely. Uh, so yeah, I, I just I love that, and I think it it speaks to the type of intensity uh, that that uh, the least we're going for, the least want to achieve. But the one thing, and again, foreshadowing on this one, Will Arnett saying, "Ah, the Leafs lose. They drop the last one in Winnipeg. No big deal, right?" They, I, it reminded Ooh. me, like the, me. the whole the whole focus from management and Keith's standpoint. Keith especially has been process and as fans, I guess the pressure was off because they had number one locked up. We just didn't want guys getting hurt. 
Mm-hmm. We just wanted to go in healthy because remember, all right, we're going to get Hyman back. Mm-hmm. We're going to get Bogosian back. Um, Felino. We're going to get Felino back. Um, maybe Freddie, but we got Campbell now. Maybe Freddie and Fr- Freddie gets into that second last game. Uh, and they had to make a decision on that, which we saw. And um, like l- literally just get in f- okay. But they really, really were not playing their best hockey. Yep. Not at all. And that's why I thought I was like, ooh, that one. That's a line that stung, you know? And they know that. At any point outside of the Edmonton series, were they playing their best hockey in this series? Like we we see throughout the the whole overarching narrative is that Keith is trying to get them Stanley Cup ready. And at no point is he satisfied because he sees it. Oh. And then they go into the playoffs, and we know how it ends. And very few of their games were works of art. There were a few clown show games against the Canucks, who mm-hmm. just their whole season was a mess. And the Sens. And the Sens. There were a few, who gave them fits Every all time. year, except for like one game. And, well, and that uh, should have been. Had I personally, I look at that and I go, had I been a smarter man, had I been born a smarter man. The team that's given them the most trouble all year is the team that never quits. And and yep. the t- and here's <sighs> so that's the Senators. Gosh. And then the mm. team that doesn't quit and makes it to the playoffs, the Canadians, every player never quit. Never. So you, you see where this is going. And and I well I I wasn't as bothered by it in the moment because I'm like, okay, they're not playing their best and they're still finding ways to win. Mm. Yeah, it's true. which they were not previously doing. Mhm. But the Leafs' expectations were higher than that, which I am comforted by, but it didn't didn't uh, correlate with uh, playoff success. Yeah. Wow. So, <laughs> that basically brings us to episode five, which will drop tomorrow. Who's ready to hurt? We need to... Listen, Leaf fans, <laughs> you need to watch this with us. It's therapy. Yeah. You have to. It is. This is... This is... Uh, we got to... We got to write down these memories, throw them in a garbage can in front of us, and burn it. That's what this next episode is going to be. Right. Right. I definitely... Go ahead, Jesse. Go ahead. No, I was I was just going to say, up until this point, I may, I was like, okay, who haven't we heard from? And TJ Brody? Oh, yeah. Never, never really in it. <laughs> no. I'm sure there were guys who... <laughs> Like, I wanted to hear more from Spezza, and he was just sort of like, oh, I sure like my sticks. Yeah. The, yeah, well, that's in the next episode. But also oh. with the oh. expect That's okay. Uh, but also with the, the thing is that, uh, um, you know, the the one, th- I think the most poignant Spezza moment was back in the first episode when Keith's like, hey, uh, I know the young players are not too happy with me. And Spezza's like, yeah, that would be right. <laughs> uh, and he's like, I'm trying to get them to play a particular way. Can you help me out with that? And, and he does. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are some Spezza moments in episode five that I definitely want to talk about. But you're right. There are certain guys where it's like, yeah, they were just they're not, not the main character. They're not in it. Yeah, they didn't. They're background pieces. Yes. You know, and I was just up until this point, I was like, okay, we got one episode left and it's going to focus on the main event. So I was like, oh, we're not going to hear from. Blank, blank, and blank, because they're just, they weren't the main characters. It's impossible to, there's too many guys. Yeah. Like, there's just too many guys. Like, that's why Rasmus Sandin just kind of appears behind the wheel of a car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's, you, there are too many guys, too many moments. Uh, so rather than tell everyone's story poorly, they chose to tell a, f- a few very well. I have a feeling that if they had wanted to, and I don't know why 
uh, why why you choose an episode amount or whatever. I don't produce TV shows, <laughs> but I have a feeling that had they wanted to, they could have done like twenty episodes on this thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely! Like there is so much there, meaty stuff. So when we come back, which is tomorrow, we release our last episode of AONFR. It's actually starting to kind of ring as we say it. Um, it's not. We're going to talk about the thing that everybody's been dreading, but the thing that you need to see, the thing that you need to experience again to get a little bit of closure. And that, honestly, is what I got out of it. Hopefully you get the same. We'll see you tomorrow. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake. Connection complete.